Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. And um, today's date is Thursday, June 26th. And today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 83, the last paragraph down at the bottom of the page. And today's readers are Santa, Du, Jill, Larry, Lauren, and Katie F. The reference number for yesterday's Vision for You meeting, Wednesday, June 25th, is 6548. 6548. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Santa to read the 12 steps, please. Good morning. My name is Santa from New Jersey. I am a newly recovered compulsive overeater, and these are the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. And I pass. Thank you, Santa. I will now ask you to read the 12 traditions, please. 
Good morning. This is Stu, Recovering Compulsive Overeater from New York. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an, a, an OA group all, never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facilities or outside enterprise, lest money, problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever. Non-professional bar service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may raise service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personality. And thank you, Pass. Thank you, Do. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions of recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify ourselves as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous on the last paragraph down at the bottom of page 83. I will ask Jill to please start us off. Go ahead, Jill. Can you hear me, Amy? I can hear you great. Great, thank you. Jill recovered in Connecticut. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. 
fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. What a powerful little paragraph. We spent a few days unpacking the promises. And when I first came to um, Overeaters Anonymous and first became recovered um, in the early 80s, actually, um, I was very fearful and shared with my sponsor that uh, these promises couldn't possibly come true for me, that my case was different. They could come true for other people, but I was too far gone. And she pointed me in her wisdom to this paragraph. Albeit I was on step one, uh, she brought me here and she showed me the keys. And that is that they are being fulfilled at step nine, uh, sometimes quickly and sometimes slowly. What a hope. She also showed me that they will always materialize if we work for them. So if they're not materializing in my life, then I work for them. And the work is simply depending upon where I am in the book, and in this juncture, we're in step nine, continuing in steps 10, steps 11, step 12. That is what the miracle is if I need to continue to work for them. I don't need to strive. Okay? So my nine-step experience uh, this time in recovery um, was so absolutely God-driven and miraculous that in a course of three days, um, I made all of my amends, and I know that's not the norm. Um, it was about to be winter, and I knew if I was going to travel in uh, New England to make these amends that I needed to do it and uh, got the okay. And the, these promises became uh, true to me almost instantaneously while I was walking through that journey. It was just an amazing time. So um, we've worked steps one through nine, which ironically in, in our world of the big book uh, is done within routinely 30 to 90 days, although there are many different paths. And the promises, these promises we read, and steps 10, 11, and 12 are a lifetime designed for living. And we grow in our relationship with God, and we grow as we walk out these promises for a lifetime. So thank you, God, that we have this opportunity. And if you're not seeing the promises, continue to work for them. That's uh, my path, at least. Some of these are true 100%, and some are, I'm still growing. Uh, it's a lifetime journey. So thank you, Amy. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jill. Would anyone else like to share on that paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? Go ahead, Bella. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you for doing this uh, this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. If and if it's a condition, and what is the condition? If what we have to do to that it should work, if we work for them, yes. To, to work for freedom. The freedom is not for free. It's not magic. It's not something that we 
push a button, a button, and that's it. We get it. No, we have to work for this. And this is a promise. If we work for this, we will get it. It's a promise. And yes, I can say from my own experience that, thank God, yes, the promises are true. We just have to work for this. And we have to remember all the time, step one, we are powerless we, to accept and admit that we are powerless. And it's for in any situation when I have the fear, uh, you know, to remember I am powerless and I have a higher power and I... I am willing and I want to give over everything to the care of God as I understand him. And, and if I do the steps, if I really do the steps, it's not only to read them. It's just to work for them. It's just to, to work and to understand what we are doing. Then, yes, the promises are there. We will get them we will get all the promises. And we just have to remember that to accept and admit that we are powerless and we have one power to choose, to, do, to choose the right choice one day at a time. And as of now, I am choosing to be connected to the power of the higher power, that it's a power of love, acceptance, and respect. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Actually, I think I'll dive in here. Yes, my name is Tawana. Uh, who is this, please? My name is Tawana. Tawana, go ahead. I'll go after you. Yes. Um, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness, and that's what I'm finding. Because I was always in um, pain, displeased about the way I began to look because of my eating. And now that I'm taking on the responsibilities for my recovery, um, early on, even looking for a sponsor, reading the big book, attending the meetings, making face-to-face meetings and trying to call other people. This is making a great difference in the um, beginning phases of my recovery. And I know I'm not halfway there. I'm just, um, I'm I'm approaching um, what recovery is all about through this um, new way of life for me. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Tawana. Hi, my name's Amy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. I mean, what confidence to be able to, after reading these phenomenal promises, to say, we think not. Are they extravagant? No. And why is it that they can say this? It's because it's not, this isn't just about knowledge. This is about experience. These who have got, those who have gone before have experienced these promises in their lives. And I'm sure, just speaking to the newcomer, there's any number of recovered folk on the line that could tell you the same thing, that these extravagant promises, or I can speak for myself, have come true in my life as well. They have experienced it, they know it, and they can speak confidently, saying that these aren't extravagant at all. These are part of our daily life, that these types of promises are being fulfilled in our lives. Why? Because they have, they have recovered. 
if we go all the way back to the beginning of the book, even to the forward of the first edition, it says, we are men and women who have recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. And when that happens through the process of working these steps, if we are painstaking, if we work them, like people are saying, that these promises are not something way, way out there impossible to reach for. It's not shooting for the stars. It is a part of our everyday life. It's a blessing of this program. And these, those who have gone before, are proof that it is the case. They have experienced it, and so have I, and so have many out there who have recovered. This is what this program offers us, is not only freedom from the food, but peace of mind, peace of mind. And that, to me, is more valuable than anything. And with that, I'll pass. We'll take maybe one more share and then move Miriam. on to the next paragraph. Miriam, Miriam. go ahead. Miriam, Thank go you, ahead. Amy. Thank you, Amy. This is Miriam calling from Israel, a compulsive overreader, living in the solution one day at a time. Well, when I was listening to these promises and, uh, and you know, the, the, when people in the rooms repeat and say to themselves, are these extravagant promises, we think not. Uh, when I was going into the rooms and, and uh, you know, following the keep coming back thing and, and, and the tools and everything, uh, they didn't sound to me like, like uh, something that I could ever get it. You know, I, they sound to me like a fairy tale in a way, but... Really, I can say from my own experience now, after I've been through the the process with the big book, that all of these uh, promises, they're becoming a reality. And it's not that they will come strong straight away. It's a process. It's a process for life. This program is a process for life to take us out from our ego center to, to God sent to a God-centered life. And that's the whole life until we get into the, our last uh, breath, in a way. Um yeah, I, 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 I definitely believe that these promises are a reality as long as we keep leaving the program and, and keep uh, going through 10, 11, and 12 uh, for the rest of our lives. Uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to share. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Miriam. All right, Larry, let's go ahead on to the next paragraph, please. Hi, Amy. This Amy, did you uh, did you ask for me, Larry? I I was unmuting. Yes, Larry. I would like you to okay. please go ahead and read the next paragraph. Also, I think someone forgot to either unmute or needs to unmute. I hear a baby in the background. So if you could do that, please, that would be great. Larry, go ahead. Okay. Thanks so much. Yeah, my baby is is nineteen, so I don't think it was her. But anyway, <laughs> um, I digress. <laughs> okay, Larry uh, recovered uh, compulsive overeater from Chicago. This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests that we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Okay, so um, 
you know, again, the, the first nine steps are, are, are preparation steps for a new life, uh, a new adventure, if you will, with our creator. That's what my experience was. You know, again, I, I, I only thought that I needed to get control of the symptoms of food and fat. Um, that was my primary motivator coming in, but that uh, I, I recognized and learned quickly that, that was, uh, those were symptomatic of a much deeper issue. And now in step 10, we begin to actualize, to bring about this new way of living in a very practical sense. You know, um, the, the principle associated with step 10 is persistence. We're going to persist in this process. We are going to live in steps 10, 11, and 12. And, and I'm reminded that, that this is the acid test. In the AA 12 and 12, it talks about the acid test. In other words, you know, can I stay abstinent? Can I, can I keep some sense of a emotional uh, equilibrium? Uh, can I live in alignment with God's will for me? You know, regardless of what challenges occur in my life? I mean, um, you know, so I have to continually watch for what? It tells me very specifically. Watch for selfishness, dishonesty resentment and fear you know these are this isn't this process is not an overnight na- overnight matter but it says when these crop up and and I always know and learn that it doesn't say if these crop up they're going to I'm a human being they do crop up but I do ve- four very specific things and uh, and it, 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 it helped me it may help you to commit these to memory you know because um, I have a playbook and I go to these things number one we ask God at once to remove them. That's what I do. God, I'm feeling resentful. Please remove this. Cannot be of maximum service to you. Number two, we discuss them with someone immediately. Doesn't say your sponsor. Of course, the word sponsor doesn't appear in the big book. I'm I'm an advocate of 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 you know of a, a, someone to, to lead you, someone that's been down this road that this has happened already to lead you and, and light that pathway. But uh, tell someone immediately. Number three, we make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. Sometimes I have, sometimes I haven't. But I'm, when I discuss it with someone I trust, that they'll help me to, to discern that a bit. And number four, uh, for me, I would say most importantly, then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. So it's giving me a prescription for maintaining this, you know, in a persistent way, maintaining this process. You know, what about justifiable anger? Because that may come up. I don't know about you, but it comes up every every now and again. And as I learned, you know what, a guy like me, I, I just uh, best leave justifiable anger to those better, better able, uh, better qualified to handle it. <laughs> you know, I'm not qualified to handle justifiable anger. I'm going to leave that to you. Thank you very much. The AA 12 and 12 reminds me of something exceedingly important. It says, for the wise have always known that no one can make much of this life until self-searching becomes a regular habit, until he is able to admit and accept what he finds, and until he patiently and persistently tries to correct what is wrong. You know, when I was drunk on food from the night before, as perhaps someone is, you know, someone on this line knows all too well this morning, I could not live well today. That was my experience. Maybe you can. I couldn't. The emotional hangover was generally worse than the physical one for me. And so the emotional hangover for me involved anger, fear, remorse, all those things. 
God helped me to eliminate those that emotional hangover by getting aligned with his will through the, the process of these steps. And there came a day when I no longer wanted or needed the food. So now I, I don't live in the morbid past, you know. And step 10 requires an admission and a correction of these errors. When? Now. I don't wait till the end of the day to do it. I, I could do it at the end of the day if something comes up, but I don't wait till the end of the day. I do it now. Just like when do I do the next step? Now. Next. When I do a spot check inventory, as my life occasionally gets tangled up throughout the day, and it does, uh, I'm able to do this self-appraisal quickly and efficiently. So this turnaround process, you know, you hear people talk about this, this turnaround. It's enabled me to clear my conscience and to realign myself with my higher power. And that's why we do this, and uh, I'm very grateful for this prescription. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Katie Sally. from Boston. Sally. I heard, I heard Katie from Boston. I heard Sally, and there was someone before Katie. I missed that person, please. Kim. Kim? Yeah. Anybody else? Fabia. Okay, great. So we have got Kim, Katie from Boston, Sally, and Ravia. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim J, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. How exciting is this? We're in, we're in step 10. We're in that walking around step. We're in the step where we can get relief right now for the jerk that's right in front of us. You know, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God to remove them at once. And, you know, one of the deeper understandings I've gotten with this as I've, as I've used this as a daily living is that, you know, it's telling us to go right to that fourth column, right to the fourth column. Remember in that fourth step we did this, we did the first column, who we were mad at, what was the cause, what it affected, and then we were told to disregard the person entirely and to get down where we were selfish, where we were dishonest, where we were self-seeking and we were frightened because we recognized that other people, we were, you know, other people's actions were not what was causing us our pain. It was our reaction to it. But what I used to do in the 10th step was think, oh, this is where I get to tell somebody about the story so I can get them on my side. I can get them to understand why I'm resentful and I'm fearful and I'm being dishonest. But this is not telling us to go there. It's telling us to go right to that fourth column, right where we can change, because it's by us changing that we're going to get relief. And that was totally different than the way I used to do 10 steps. It was really just a way to throw up on somebody about how upset I am so that you can tell me that I'm right. And I noticed two sayings in the room that I think this kind of um, explains how I did this differently. It was, you need to share to recover, or you need to share it or wear it. And the fact is, the big book is very specific about these instructions. And when I used to just share to recover, it meant I just used to complain. I used to just throw up on somebody. If really all I needed to do was to share my misery to recover, then I would have recovered well before OA. I would have recovered in the all-you-can-eat buffet with all my binge buddies complaining about how the world is against us and we can't stop eating. There's very specific instructions here. You know, and I would stop throughout the day just to ask myself where I was being selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened because in all honesty, that was my normal 
behavior, my anxiety was so normal, I didn't even recognize when it was happening. I was like a fish looking for water. I was surrounded by it. So I would just periodically through the day just stop and say, let me look for where I am selfish, where I am dishonest, where I am resentful, where I am fearful, and was shocked how for the last two hours or the last three hours, depending on how often I stopped, I was consumed by them. No wonder I was under constant fear and tension. No wonder I was always eating. So this is wonderful. This is the freedom. We've learned the skill set in four through nine. We're going to apply it today to the jerk that's right in front of us. And we have a recipe that's going to give us freedom. And freedom isn't free. There's specific instructions we have to do in order to get that freedom. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning, Amy. Can you hear me? This is Katie G. from Boston. I hear you loud and clear. Good morning. Thanks for your service. Katie G. recovered for today from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And thank you, God, for step 10. So this is where, you know, the shift continues, right? I'm I'm going to move from this self-centered person to other-centeredness. And how do I do that? Well, I have to vigorously. What does vigorously mean? Determined, powerful. The vigorously is not like, oh, once in a while when I'm not feeling so good. Commence to begin. We've we've cleaned up the path, but we need to start growing in understanding, which means forgiving and effectiveness. Um, you know, how is God going to use me today? Not how am I getting what I want? And that we have a code, love and tolerance. And I don't mean tolerance like this smug, like I used to think, okay, well, I'm going to tolerate someone. I'm smugly superior, you know, to their, you know, not spiritual, selfish ways. But no, tolerance is acceptance of who they are. And I'll tell you like an example of the way I used it the other day. So the other day I was talking to this woman and she was talking about um, somebody that she worked with, and I, I said, I slandered that person. I said, well, you know, they're, they're really, he's really full of himself. You know, he's so, he wears this when he practices yoga, and, you know, and um, immediately I was like, Kate, is that, is that love and tolerance? Like, because I've been, you know, continuously reminded, like, that's where, right there, as soon as I, I, I made the decision to talk about someone else, what did I do? I cut myself off from God. And continue means to resume after interruption. So I've had this interruption from God, right, because I'm criticizing God's kids. So immediately I said, you know what, I was wrong. I should not have spoken ill of that person. You know, and I, and I, and I, I took responsibility because that's not how I want to live today. Not because I want to be a good person, but because if I continue to act in my selfishness, my dishonesty, my resentment and fear, then eating is going to be a step up from how I feel about myself. You know, and I've learned a lot of creative ways to get around. Like if I can't stop and make a phone call to talk to someone after I've asked God for help, I can talk to a person just in my class and say, you know what, I'm really slandering my teacher in my head. This is not how I want to be, you know, and um, immediately vocalize that. And living in this way, I'm, I'm not perfect, right, but I am, I am growing every day. And my heart, like I, I feel like um, when I let my guard down, you know, when I, when I really let God fill my heart and soul, like I don't have to worry who has my back, right, because I'm uh, lost you, Katie. Can you press eight? 
Amy, can you hear me? Ah, you are back. All right. Well, you know what? That was my cue. Um, step 10 is a great way to do this. I have a group of women that, and, and men that continue to help support me when I get off guard. And um, this is the way to live. Practice, practice, practice. Love and tolerance of others is our code. And thank you, God, we have a choice today. All the best. Thank you, Katie. Sally, go ahead. Thank you, Amy. This is Sally Recovered in South Jersey. And I want to speak to how this, these two paragraphs transition. I would like to speak to the first sentence. This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. And so it starts with this thought brings us to step 10. What thought brings us to step 10? I always ask myself that question when they, when they say these open-ended statements, this thought. And I think what they're talking about is the very end of this last paragraph. They will always materialize if we work for them, this thought. The thought is that if we have to continue to work, that is the condition that is being presented to us here. We're being told in this previous paragraph that these promises, which you know, we might have thought were extravagant, that we might have thought were extreme or excessive, that they will be fulfilled, that they will be, that they will be converted into reality, as Webster Dictionary says it. They'll be converted into reality. They'll be fulfilled, these promises. And then here's the condition, if we work. And it goes on to say this thought. This thought about us working brings us to step 10. There's more work to be done. So this thought, they will materialize if we work, bringing us to step 10 suggests we continue to take personal inventory. We continue. And page 70 at the bottom of the page uses the word, and it's, this is the very end of the step four inventory, which I feel is very connected to step 10's inventory. In step four, at the end of all that inventory we did at the bottom of 70, it says we have begun. It says we have commenced. And it goes on to say we have begun a second time to learn. And so... And then on the other side, on page 71, it tells us that we have, we have made an inventory of our grosser handicaps, that we have made a good beginning on page 71. And here we are now on page 84 in step 10, and we have another opportunity. Having made this grosser handicap list, having begun, now we're going to continue to do the work that's going to keep us in a place of recovered, a new way of living. We're going to continue to, to live in a way of living that is cleaning up the past. And so, again, this thought, if we work for them, brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory. We continue to set right any new mistakes. We're going to continue to make new mistakes. With the, with the aid of our, with our sponsor, we're going to continue to look at our side of the street and, and look at what it is that makes us tick. These were the things we were binging over in the past. We don't have to do that anymore because we're going to continue to grow and see our sick way of thinking and learn a new way of thinking, a new way of living. You know, someone said to me uh, yesterday or the day before that, Sally, when somebody's ready, when somebody is truly ready to become recovered, Mickey Mouse could sponsor them. And it struck me 
nobody really needs, you know, an ACE recovered sponsor. What do we need to become sponsored? We have to be ready to do the work. That's really the beginning of the premise here, that they're telling us this thought, if we work for them, brings us to step 10. Do the work. I highly recommend it. Thanks for letting me share with that. I pass. Thank you, Sally. Rabia? Go ahead. Good morning, everyone. This is Rabia, a recovered compulsive overeater from New York, and blessed awe, that's what I'm feeling sitting here, listening to um, everybody share and, and the depth of knowledge and recovery and spirit um, from everyone. And um, so, um, so I, as I believe in the first 100 alcoholics who recovered, I, I also believe that I think there's 100 of us recovered compulsive overeaters. I mean, out of the membership list of 1,400, we may very well have have 100, and that is so awesome to me. That's so powerful that that there, here's all these men and women living recovered um, in the big book, and I, I get so much hope from that. And it was just recently that I did this Step 10 with my sponsor. Maybe maybe it's a month now, and and I'll never forget it because we were reading through it and and got to the sentence, we have entered the world of the spirit. And she pointed out to me that I have stepped from bridge to shore and she said, now you are recovered. And I said, no, 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 it's too soon. It's too soon. You know, it was less than two months. I felt like I had whiplash. Like we had just, I felt like I just speeded through all these steps and I did them thoroughly and deeply, however, consistently and very vigorously. And now I'm recovered. I mean, I was just vibrating with that. How could that be? You know, how recovered and then, we talked about uh, love and tolerance of others is our code. That this is the ten step. Pro- these are the ten step promises. And and I will say that each day, as I live and work and listen to visions and live in ten, eleven, and twelve, that yes, I did recover that day. I am recovered. And. And for weeks I had to call myself a newly recovered compulsive overeater because I just couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that I could be recovered. And and and, um, and this is where it happens. It really did happen right here for me. And um, and like I say, you know, the work, the work which I do daily for my daily reprieve is to live in 10, 11, and 12, which means to live in all of the steps every day. And and I'm so blessed for all of you who have gone before me and are recovered and such a solid um, wealth of recovery I get to hear every day. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Rabia. Would anyone else like to share on what was read before we move on? Hi, Leah. From- uh, Leah, I heard Leah, and there was someone else, I think. Leanne from Florida. Okay, Leah and then Leanne, please. Thanks so much, Amy, for your service. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. You know, obviously at step 10, you know, 
we are recovered, but, you know, even though we're recovered, we never rise above being human. Um, you know, these, uh, these, these spiritual pests, you know, will still rear their heads from now, you know, now and, and again. And, uh, you know, there's a premium, obviously, as we see here in the paragraph, there's a premium placed on standing guard over these spiritual pests. You know, and thank God we have a way of life that allows us to do that. You know, the quality of my life is up to me. <laughs> Step 10 gives me a lot of responsibility because by implementing those first nine steps, I now have hopefully some some maturity. It allows us to grow up, to take responsibility for our attitudes and our outlook and our behavior and the consequences of our behavior. So now that I have a new way of life, Whatever happens is my responsibility with God's help. You know, there is a, a uh, you know, a mysterious, beautiful dance that's created between my taking responsibility and my cooperation with this process and God's grace. Um, you know, I know before recovery, I was always focused on the outside world when I was disturbed instead of focusing on the fact that I personally am disturbed. And that's the way I look at these steps. You know, I look at step 10 as the art of achieving, um, you know, the ability to be undisturbed. You know, that's what this whole process for me personally is is like. It's the art of remaining undisturbed. Um, you know, I think about uh, flight patterns, you know, whether you're in a plane or in a car now with our GPSs, you know, it's it's constantly recalculating. You know, I think I one time read that, you know, pilots, 95% of the time, the plane is flying off the original pattern, uh, and it's constantly recalculating the flight pattern. And that's with me also. You know, I'm constantly, because of Step 10, given the privilege and given the opportunity to recalculate, to realign myself. Um, you know, Step 10... And this whole way of life, which we're going to continue to study and talk about, has increased our capacity to develop four or six to decrease or increase the conference volume, seven or nine to decrease or increase your volume. Leah, you know, yeah, here I am. You hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Um, to you know, increase my capacity to develop new and healthier ways of interacting with the world, uh, new and healthier ways of taking care of of myself and particularly between my ears and, and relating to other people. So, um, you know, Step 10 is just a wonderful uh, way of life. It gives me a guide to an efficient use of my daily strengths and, um, you know, an opportunity to live one day at a time. And, and that's what we do. You know, it's a lifetime occupation of evaluation and correction. That's what this is. You know, it is a lifetime occupation of evaluation and correction. Constantly, constantly, every interaction, you know, every under interaction under my roof. When I'm speaking to my husband, constantly evaluating, okay, Leah, where's your attitude in this conversation? Where is your outlook here? Are you the only one with an opinion in this marriage? <laughs> you know, constantly uh, recalculating when I'm speaking to a child. Remembering that this is a child with his or her own higher power. This is a child that I've been given the privilege and the honor to raise, 
how can I align myself with God so I can allow God to be in this conversation? You know, to leave some work for God. So it's a lifetime occupation of evaluation and correction, and thank God it allows us to live free. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Leanne, go ahead, please. Hi, thank you. So much has been said. Oh, my goodness. Um, One thing I wanted to share was um, my sponsor explained this as, "Now, now you are to live in a thy will be done mindset. A thy will be done mindset. And then she said to continually go through these five steps, just like Larry explained before, you know, immediately go into the place where, I, you know, something disturbs me, just follow these five steps and just, you know, memorize them, get them in your heart, to discuss them immediately, make amends quickly if need to, um, turn my thoughts to help someone, someone else, stay in love and tolerance, and um, oh, there's one more, I forget. But she said there was five steps there. I think it's written in there. But the, the last one I, that added was to stay in love and tolerance. And I know we discussed this a lot already, but it really is um, important for me to have a set of people um, there that um, could, you know, that I can process this through with, people that have been through that really understand what I'm doing, what I'm saying, because they tend to say the right thing to me, and they tend to draw the right kind of stuff out of me when I'm in this kind of disturbance. So it was really important for me, and still is, to have those accountability people in place to process the the 10 steps during the day. Um, And then, um, you know, I can start remaining in a thy-will-be-done mindset. I have a lot to uh, practice with this still. Like, I fall out of it really soon, but because of this meeting and because of constantly discussing this program and sharing it with others, I have a much better chance than ever to to clean it up and to, to stay on the right track. So that's all I wanted to share. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Leanne. Anyone else before we move on? Amy W. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that name, please. Uh, can you hear me? It's Amy W. Oh, Amy W., please go ahead. I thank you. Katie for your service. And then Katie. Go ahead. Sorry, it's a little bit of a bad connection, but I'm going to go ahead until, until I'm told otherwise. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Um, this is Amy W. from California, a grateful, recovered compulsive overeater, and very grateful to be here. Um, I just want to read this. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. And clue in on these these verbs that I find helpful. Continue to watch, to ask, to discuss, and to turn. And when I'm, I'm getting better at this, it's a year of recovery soon. When I do these four verbs, these four actions, watching, asking, discussing, and turning, I... It says above, I've entered into the world of the Spirit, but I remain in the world of the Spirit. I've entered because I've done the first nine steps, but to remain in the world of the Spirit, I need to do these these four actions every day and more than once a day, usually. And just to give a quick example, I had jury duty this week, and sitting in the courtroom, I was so bent out of shape, 
impatient. I had better places to be. So I watched. I could see my selfishness. My ego was the size of the courtroom. I asked God, um, you know, at once to, to remove this selfishness. I was able to discuss it with a 10-step buddy immediately during the break and then turn my thoughts resolutely to someone else. And it's such a blessing. as I'm not great at this step yet, but I'm working towards it, and it's, it's such a blessing, this step. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Amy. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And I just love that this, um, you know, the 10th step, obviously it follows the ninth step, but it follows these promises. And, you know, it says when we are disturbed, when we do these things, um, you know, I see people far too often when life happens after they've gone through this pink cloud of recovery and, and you know, they've done the, the first nine steps and they're living in 10, 11, and 12, and then something happens, something, anything, fill in the blank, you know, some big life crisis happens and they get back into the food. But this is giving us a formula that we don't have to do that, that it is possible to stay recovered one day at a time through all of life's ups and downs. And, you know, the, the part where it says that we um, resolutely turn our thoughts to another and how we can help them, it doesn't mean that we um Lost you, Katie. Press 8, please. It doesn't mean that we, um, you know, are able to fix someone else. It means that we get out of our own head, out of our problem that's in front of us that we're trying to work through and that we have Oh, I seem to have lost you again, Katie. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Um, it, so anyway, I just am so grateful that the promises are right before we look at this because what happens when I do resolutely turn my thoughts to another, I start to share with them the miracle that has happened in my life. All of the things that have happened in the in the years that I have been recovered, and suddenly whatever I'm working through gets back right sized again. And I realize if God has carried me through, brought me out, brought Maybe. me out. There you go. Uh, yeah, go. Okay, um, you're back. You're brought back. me. Sorry. Okay, brought me out of. You know, all of the things that, that have happened in in the, uh, in taking steps one through nine, then God will surely be with me in whatever I'm going through right now. And so, you know, it's just such a great uh, practice to read through these, these promises, to look at the bedevilments on page 52 and look at that's how, um, you know, I can slip back into that kind of living as uh, someone shared the other day, you know, even abstinent, I can get that way. But no, the promises are a part of my life. And taking, uh, taking a look at my side of the street, at whatever's going on in my life today, that I can bring it back into reality and take the next right action. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Anyone else? You know, Larry, just a quick share, quick share. 
sure, Larry, you gotta go. Okay, I, I apologize. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, just a, just a few seconds because uh, it, it's just on my mind, and I just think it's so important. Um, and that Got is in. that I, that I that I get calls, um, Katie, and uh, from people um, that are that are recovered. You know, they're recovered, and um, and you know, and they don't, you know, they don't know the prescription. You know. Um, they don't know the prescription, the, the the four elements, the four the four actions that we need to take, these turnaround things, and I think it's as simple as um, it really is memorizing them because, you know, it's kind of like me and my you know in my field if 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 every time, you know, think of it in your work if every time you had to to know exactly I had to know exactly how to apply it you know, some sort of clinical principle and I had to, you know, break out the book, you know, in front of a client, let's say, let me see what this says again. I forgot, you know, if we care enough to do it, then we're going to memorize and we're going to slowly but surely absorb that. God will allow us to do that and we will just go to it um, automatically. And so it was so critical for me to memorize that. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Larry. Uh, We have about... Actually, I'd like to dive in. My name's Amy. I'm still recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. I too want to touch on then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone that we can help. I think that's commonly forgotten, but we we do need to pay attention because remember it says in working with others in that chapter that nothing ensures immunity from drinking or compulsive overeating than working with another alcoholic. You know, carrying the message and here, if we have selfishness or we have dishonesty or if we have fear, you know, we ask God to remove it. But it's not like, you know, God's not like a genie. At least my God isn't where, poof, you know, all of a sudden the resentment, fear is gone. And the reason why that fourth element is so important is because sometimes when I am fearful and I ask God to remove it, I recognize the fear for what it is. This program has taught me to be self-aware, to analyze myself, like Leah was saying, where am I at here in this situation? And say, God, please remove this fear. But sometimes I'm still a little fearful. Sometimes God may remove it, sometimes not. But if not, when I resolutely turn to helping another person, when I get out of my own head, because that's what we're learning to do is to get out of ourselves and look to those around us of how we can be of service, it is amazing how that process helps me work on whatever it is I was working on, that fear, that resentment. Quite often it becomes right-sized, like Katie was saying, or the fear disappears completely. But God has carried me through. He's either removed it or he's carried me through it to the other side. But without doing that last element of working with another person and turning myself outside of myself to look out to see where I can be of service to someone else, that doesn't happen. We don't want to stay stuck in those resentments and fear if they're not removed immediately. We need to do something about it. We need to take action. Lo and behold, that's what this program is about, working and taking action, and that's what we do. We pray to God, and we row to shore. And with that, I'll pass. And it looks like it's 7.55, so with that, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you so much, everyone who has shared. We will now close the meeting uh, from the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Lauren, could you please read A Vision for You? Yes. 
Lauren S., as in Sam, a recovered compulsive reader from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. Great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of his spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. Thank you, Lauren. And I'd like to thank all of the readers who read today and those on deck. Jill, Larry, Lauren, Katie F., Santa, Du. Thank you, everyone, very much. Would those who care to, could we please press star one to unmute so that we could say the serenity prayer? God, 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 grant me serenity. Thank you very much, everyone. And with that, I will be turning the meeting over to Ravia. Ravia, thank you so much for taking over. Thank you, Amy. This is Ravia. Good morning. My name, oh, sorry. Let me start again. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. My name is Ravia. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Welcome to those that are new to a Vision for You Big Book study. Today, we have set aside this time in our meeting to invite